You're with Julian on the brown note and Scott Morrison, the great shame of Australia. Um, I guess the number one reason I started the YouTube variant of this channel was uh, one of the earliest pieces was calling out the Australian news media as being the worst in the developed world and how they let the Liberal Party get away with murder for 10 years, culminating in Scott Morrison. So this is really about the shame of uh, the politicians that enabled Scott Morrison all along and the media that had his back and would have happily given us him another election win. There's been a story from Fran Bailey, who was the former tourism minister, revealing why she sacked Scott Morrison after the infamous Laura Bingle ad. Now, Scott Morrison's past is amazingly murky. We still don't really know why he lost a couple of very prominent roles. Um, former tourism minister Fran Bailey claimed she felt bullied by Morrison, a slight theme on that one, um, with regards to other people that have called him a bully. She added the uh, order the then tourism Australia board Tim Fisher to terminate his contract amid claims he had no respect for colleagues. Arrogance being part of Scott Morrison? Uh, Bailey said the same type of behaviour was displayed by Morrison 16 years later when he secretly swore himself into five different ministries. Uh, what changed, what's changed my mind is that all these characteristics that make up Scott Morrison, the secrecy, the supreme belief that only he can do a job, the lack of consultation with those closest to him, they were all evident 16 years ago. Ms Bailey's kept quiet uh, for the past decade and a half on why Morrison was sacked. She's only lifted the lid since his secret ministerial roles were made public. Essentially, it came down to a complete lack of trust in him. Uh, it's not something I've stewed over 16 years. Um, I've certainly become very concerned as he worked his way through the ministry towards becoming prime minister. Because I know what it was really like to work with him. Uh, she said the last straw was a dispute over the well-known Where the Bloody Hell Are You campaign. It costs $184 million of taxpayers' money. Ms. Bailey said Morrison didn't disclose why he chose that particular ad agency and point blank refused to share documentation. Morrison received, uh, reached a settlement with Tourism Australia and was dumped from the role in 2006. Uh, and we'll come back to that scandal uh, a little bit later. Now, Fran Bailey's been getting some stick here. Why didn't you come forward earlier? Fran Bailey is the only one that sacked him. She actually sacked him. Why is she getting stick for not coming forward? What about the last 16 years of his male colleagues enabling his path towards becoming Prime Minister? People are saying, why didn't anyone speak up about Scott Morrison? I did. Half the country was screaming about Scott Morrison. We knew exactly who he was before the miracle election. We can believe how such an awful man was being promoted to that job. Even at the start of his election campaign, where the Liberals simply sack a, an unpopular leader, put a new one in and win an election, which they could have done probably with Scott Morrison, but he was the bridge too far. They couldn't get rid of him. They got rid of Abbott, won an election. Got rid of Turnbull, won an election. If they'd have got rid of 
Scott Morrison, they would have won an election. Right at the start of when he took over from Malcolm Turnbull, two things immediately happened. He tried with amazing, dangerous incompetence to move the Israeli embassy to Jerusalem to benefit David Sharma's election prospects in an electorate with a higher proportion than average of Jewish voters. A remarkably dumbfounded, idiotic move with uh, widespread global ramifications. Pure ScoMo. And then he rides around Queensland in a tour bus and was even busted from flying from one destination to another to meet up with a bus. The press let him get away with everything. He's shown dangerous, reckless intellect and judgment throughout. But he's also a chameleon. He, he is completely empty. So when Dutton tried to roll Malcolm Turnbull, he saw an opportunity. And even though he was as obnoxiously awful as Peter Dutton for years in Parliament, as he was routinely demonising refugees, he rebranded himself. He rebranded himself into Scott Cam, the daggy dad who wears football shirts, likes a can of beverage and cooks curries, and the media let him get away with it. None of us could believe that the third choice in that incompetent, flailing government actually won an election. What does it say about half this country? They wanted to stick it to the left, I guess. He was third choice against Bill Shorten, a fine man who had led a very tight Labour ship and had a brilliant raft of policies. And there was Scott Morrison, an awful human being who stood for nothing. And he was the one that got the free ride from the press. And when it comes down to it, the reason the press turned on Bill Shorten was they wanted to keep their delicious franking credits and negative gearing. They didn't want him going after their delicious money. And that was it. People like the Sydney Morning Herald ran something like 20 times the number of stories on franking credits and hard done by pensioners than they did on climate change. The press knew who ScoMo was. How could you not? He radiates it the second you see him. But they were actually happy for us to suffer this awful human being rather than lose that delicious money. A bit like with Boris in the UK, where people like The Guardian and the BBC knew exactly what was coming with Boris Johnson, Brexit and him. And rather than have Jeremy Corbyn leading the country, they would rather put us through that. And given the $100 million in sports rorts and the $600 million in car park rorts, all under ScoMo's Teflon tenure in office, how much corruption was involved in that election? And what of the thousand appointments, something like a thousand appointments from ScoMo's office of jobs being paid for by the taxpayer? Given his background in Hillsong and how he believes in dominion theory, which is a divine right to rule, and also believes in the Seven Mountains mandate, both Pentecostal Bibles, where they seek to seek influence in you know, education, the military, the media, politics. How many of those thousand positions are connected to his religious brethren? We need to audit this stuff. 
I saw a story many years ago, and I ain't saying it's true. Uh, it was probably 10 to 15 years ago, and some guy wrote in anonymously, so I don't know if it's true, but it bears some resemblance to the Scott Morrison that we've seen. He said that he worked for an advertising company in the 90s with Scott Morrison. He'd worked for months on a campaign. He took it to Scott Morrison to get some feedback. And he claimed Scott Morrison then presented his entire project as his own. And when he confronted Scott Morrison, he said that Scott Morrison laughed in his face. This is the behaviour of a sociopath, if true, which I ain't saying it is. It's the media and his colleagues. His colleagues called him every name under the sun in private. They didn't let the public know. News Corp... Corps, news Corps, I can't stand uh, not saying news. News Corp Murdoch journalists, two of them, went into that last election came, knowing that Scott Morrison had appointed himself to five separate ministries and kept it quiet from the public. Can you imagine the treatment of Labour if that had been the other way around? They let him get away with absolutely astonishing things. The rape of a female staff member which is still yet to go to trial. He obviously knew about that and got away with it for two election cycles. The China crisis, where he went into bat for Team Trump and destroyed our relationship with our largest trade partner just to make some rubbish 24-hour news cycle claim about sending weapons inspectors into China to find the cause, or cause of the coronavirus. The bushfire crisis, where he went on holiday and lied about it. Evading all responsibility, becoming synonymous with not holding a hose, mate. The media let him get away with it. They might have mildly rebuked him every now and again, but it was the public that turned on Scott Morrison, not the media. The disaster with France over the submarine deal and leaked text messages and being called a liar by one of our biggest allies. The man was so reckless and incompetent and dangerous in office and they let him get away with it. They let him play politics on any issue, no matter how sensitive or the negative impact, just so he could dominate the 24-hour news cycle. This worst of men should have been found out as a local hardware middle manager in a hardware store where his intellect, character and honesty would have seen him turfed. He came to be pre-selected under a, another wave of controversy. Back in 2006, Scott Morrison branded a compulsive liar by former pre-selection rival Michael Tauk. Tauk, who contested the federal seat that Morrison went on to secure, told the 10 Network he certainly used race to attack him. Tauk was asked by the 10 Network reporter whether the Prime Minister was lying. I think it's pretty obvious he is. He's got that form on that. Just ask Tony Abbott, Malcolm Turnbull, Emmanuel Macron, Barnaby Joyce, all called him a compulsive liar. With the federal election campaign just days away from being declared, the coalition is in damage control after damning allegations about the controversial 2007 Liberal pre-selection Taug on Sunday in nine newspapers publicly backed a 2016 account that alleged pre-selectors informed him Morrison had told them a Lebanese candidate could not hold the seat of Cook 
after the Cronulla riots and there was a strong rumour that Tauk was a Muslim. Tauk and another person involved signed statutory declarations attesting to those claims. In 2007, Tauk defeated Scott Morrison in an initial pre-selection ballot by 82 votes to 8. We could have stopped him there. That process was overturned by the state executive and in a new vote, Morrison was victorious and entered federal parliament. <laughs> he lost 82 votes to 8 on pre-selection because he's such a good campaigner. And they end up overturning the verdict. And do you know what else happened then? The Murdoch press trashed Tauk, publicly trashed him, and then after Morrison was installed, paid Tauk damages for lying about him. Even back then, the Murdoch press was going into bat. I mean, not only has he got this incredibly murky employment history, but from his time in... Um, Tourism Australia, there is an enormous cloud over a $180 million campaign that Morrison was involved with. Scott Morrison was sacked as Managing Director of Tourism Australia in 2006. For 14 years, the sacking has remained one of the best kept secrets in Parliament. There's been considerable conjecture, but it's clear the lack of transparency and accountability surrounding the $180 million tourism campaign and awarding the contract to MNC Saatchi played a key part. The campaign's tender process was heavily criticised by the ad industry, with players moaning the tender criteria skewed towards a particular agency. And it appears to uh, Scott Morrison, who sh claimed at the time that a report gave him the reasons for granting the uh, campaign to Saatchi actually doesn't exist. When people rise through politics despite having no ability or intellect or character, it's usually because they're doing favourites for people. We need to know what went on in that $180 million campaign. <coughs> but make no bones about it. His colleagues and the press would have let him win this election that he just lost. A couple of years ago, he was wiping the floor with Anthony Albanese. Anthony Albanese got no press at all. Anthony Albanese hadn't cut through the public. Don't let anyone tell you that Anthony Albanese's campaign and his tactics won that election. It was 18 months of relentless scandals about Scott Morrison turning the public off of Scott Morrison. It had nothing to do with anything that Anthony Albanese had done. If Scott Morrison had kept a clean sheet, for that last year, he would have been in office today. And the media and his enablers in Parliament would have let him. And still to this day, people like Waleed Ali, apparently on the left of centre world of politics, still defend him. We've got to regard the press, the mainstream news media in this country, as the enemy. What is this dark cabal they're part of? They all came through some sort of posh boys school world. They all look after each other. Nothing is bad enough for you to be excommunicated from this group. With people like Christian Porter not even being accused of rape is bad enough. And it doesn't matter whether you're the 
ex-Liberal Deputy Prime Minister owned Channel 9 Sydney Morning Herald or the Murdoch Press, they're all ultimately on the same side. We've got the third most concentrated ownership of print news media in the world behind the state-owned media of China and Egypt. There is nothing out there. The reason the project on Channel 10 often gets abuse for being lefty is because on Channel 9, 7 and 10, that is left-wing to them. Even though us on the left look at it and Waleed Ali in absolute shame. Because there is no voice out there widely actually holding that 10 years of dysfunction and abysmal performance and an economy that collapsed and a deficit that trebled. No one was holding them to account. And the Liberal Party themselves are just this self-serving corrupt gravy train. They only go into politics to do favours for their mates and then take up $500,000 a year jobs afterwards. That's why we've got to acknowledge that the press in this country aren't our friends. They would allow a man so onerous and vile and incompetent and bullying and reckless and empty to lead us. 